Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, July 31. I'm John Barker. Joining me once again, Dynamite Dan Nuttall. Well, Dan, the uh, old season is farewelled this weekend. The new one is rung in. And oddly enough, on the last day of the old season, we've got uh, the highlight is a race for the youngsters in Adelaide, the light year-olds and three-year-olds. And the highlight of the first day of the new season is a race for the grizzled old-timers, and that's the uh, Grand National Hurdle. You looking forward to it? Okay, Barks. Yeah, it looks a very good weekend of racing. Um, the, the race-free week in Victoria has seen the big fields return at the Valley, and as well as that meet, Grand National meeting at Sandown and Donald on Sunday, a very big meeting as well. So, look, lots to look towards to in Victoria, but that, yeah, that race you mentioned in Adelaide, the Lightning Stakes, always a good race. Um, I think this one's a little down on classes compared to last year, but still looks a pretty competitive contest all round and um, good support cards in Sydney and Brisbane as well. Although, mind you, last year's winner is in it, but uh, just yeah. that she hasn't done much in the interim. No, that's right. Now, parlor phone, but uh, look, I think a much better horse than what we saw from her last preparation. Hopefully, she can return to form. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, we will start with what you just mentioned then is uh, being big fields at the Valley. Uh, it's a rare Saturday winter meeting. Um, as you said, end of the race-free week in Victoria. Not that it's really, uh, not that it really affects uh, us punters all that much, but uh, what was your take on the race-free week? I oh, look, didn't really notice it much at all, um, barring uh, giving giving us, uh, our production team, a couple of headaches with the, with the bigger fields on the Sundays on either side of it. Um, didn't really affect me much as uh, didn't, I guess, didn't miss the racing, but, I, you know, it was it'd be interesting to see what the trainers think. We know what they they thought of it beforehand and, um, you know, they had plenty of time to speak up on it, but they voiced their concerns last week. They weren't big fans of it. So who knows if we'll be back again. I doubt it, but, um, yeah, it didn't really affect me too much. Yes, well, uh, it's back again in your calendar for uh, 21-22, which uh, I should remind you, I'll certainly give you a reminder at the end of the podcast, but uh, don't forget this weekend is the one for the Winning Post calendar. It is in shops only. Uh, you can't get it online. Uh, so get down to the shop first thing Friday morning to pick up your 21-22 racing and sports calendar, which will be inside your Winning Post. Um Mooney Valley, as I mentioned, your best is uh, one that uh, I agree with, and it comes up in race eight. I speak of number two, Seb Song. Yeah, he's a ripping horse. This one, he um, he's he won first up. He's five runs since he's he hasn't win, he hasn't won since, but he's run good races in all of those. Um, he stepped up in trip last start to the two thousand and sixty meters and. Rolled forward, a little bit of a change of tactics, um, but he stuck on well there, peaking on his run late. Um, gets a slightly dry surface this time around, won't be as, as wet, but from a good draw and Craig Williams sticking on, uh, I think he can go a couple better with that with that longer distance run under the belt now. So Seb Song, my best. Race eight, number two. Why choose her uh, clear next best, in, uh, next best bet on the program? Race six, number two. She just had no luck at Caulfield last start. Went to the line untested there in an open handicap. Um, she drops back to a benchmark 78 here. So a considerable drop in grade. And while she does go up in weight, she did carry um, a similar weight in the Leilani final. Two back 
and ran a ripping race from running on hard from from the uh, back of the field. I think she's a pretty classy mare. She's rock hard fit now, um, and she should be hard to beat if she gets some luck from barrier five. Race six, number two, why choose her, my value? All right, well, my best race four, number two, Dr. Drill. Uh, won't be any $17 like he was fresh. Um, that's super and slightly unlucky run over 2,000 metres. Hasn't one second up before, but uh, uh, has usually been, I guess, contesting uh, different distances and uh, suited again at the uh, Cox Plate. Journey of 2040 metres on Saturday. That's race four, number two, and race seven, number 14, Pissarro for Michael Kent in the uh, in the Robbie Lang colours. Um and look, another another great run last time. That was fourth up and indicated that uh, this horse is ready to win, is a winner at the track and trip. And uh, around about the uh, $10 mark is a reasonable price for Isaro. They are racing in Sydney. Uh, obviously, no crowds, much like in Melbourne. They're racing at Royal Randwick and another big 10-race car. Daniel, you're starting us off with your best in race four. Yeah, always had a bit of time for the all-too-hard-gelding. Mr. G gave him a little bit of a sniff in the in the Queensland derby. Three starts back and sort of beaten off the turn there. Sort of ran to his $101 price there. Went for a little bit of a freshen up. Has come back to the midweeks at Sydney, uh, dropping back to 1,900 metres. And uh, he was dominant. Uh, sorry, he was very good two back and then dominant last start at another midweek meeting at Kensington. Um, looks to be a progressive stayer. On the rise and whilst up in grade here, I think he can handle it pretty easily. Um, maps to get a lovely run just behind the speed and should have enough tickets left to um to stake a claim in the straight. Hard to beat, Mr. G, race four, number five. The value comes up in race eight, taking a punt on one um, at a bigger price, around $21 in the Neon Knight, who is first up. Um, Wyong Trade Philly, first up here. I think she's a little underrated. She... Ran some very good races at the Provincial's last preparation. Her last run before heading for a spell, she finished ninth to nine. It was beaten 10 lengths by Lost and Running. Uh, Might have come to the end of her preparation there, but she just sort of didn't find much in the straight. Um, she's been given a good break, and she has trialled up really nicely. She hit the line sweetly in a recent Newcastle trial, uh, finished behind the smart pair from the Lee stable in Longbottom and Witherspoon. So... Um, those three cleared out on the rest in that trial. So first up at a big price from a good draw. Um, I think there's worse 20 to one shots around the neon night race eight, number seven. Okay. They are racing on the course proper at Morfordville on Saturday. Speaking of which, um, another one of the highlights of this weekend's racing is going to be the battle for the Adelaide jockeys premierships. Obviously most premierships around Australia well and truly done and dusted going into the last city meetings, but uh, Morfordville with most of the meeting washed out last Saturday, they are racing on the parks track on Friday and your winning post has got full form for both those meetings as Jess Eaton and Todd panel go head to head. They are locked together on uh, 62 winners and, uh, They've both got a ride, or they've both got plenty of rides at both meetings, and uh, in particular in the feature race on the Saturday, that's race eight, the TAB Lightning Stakes. 10.50 metres set weights for two years old and three years old, and they are riding one and two. They are drawn one and two. 
Uh, and you are going for two to beat one, Daniel. Uh, hoping Jess Eaton can uh, collect a win here on Valaquenta, who, do note, is um, is currently still accepted to run in a race in Sydney. But I think they I think they elect to take him here. I'm sort of making an educated guess uh, from the good draw, as I said earlier. I don't think it's the strongest stakes race around. I think they've got a very good opportunity here to um, yeah pick up a, a win. A, um, pick up a win in a stakes race for him. He's an excellent jump out at Flemington, um, coasted up to him and put him away easily under a hold, uh, beating some good horses in a, in a Flemington jump out. First up form solid without being too flash hot. Um, but from the good draw, I think envisage, uh, I envisage him settling uh, much closer than he, than he normally does. <clears throat> uh, with, just with a bit of luck at the same time, I think he'll be uh, hard to hold out. Valaquenta, I think he can run a race fresh and, Hopefully, Jess Eaton can um, get a win on the board on, on Todd panel there. So, two on top for me. I got eight dirty thoughts in next. It was a pretty good return off a long spell at Flemington in a benchmark race. Um, she's unbeaten second up. Her form at the end of the last preparation during the spring, a third to SWAT stat and a third to night raid. That's excellent form for this. Um, but the pleasing return at, at Flemington did enough, I thought, to um, certainly stake a claim here. Well, one Bo Rossa in next, trialling well in readiness for the return. Um, his couple of his wins, last preparation rated really high, highly. He's a Group 2 winner over 1,200 metres um, for contesting the Goodwood and maybe coming to the end of a preparation there. But, yeah, very talented sprinter. And in for fourth, I have the 10 Parlophone we touched on. She's um, been a while since she's found form, but her best, her best efforts are very good. And um, I think the recent jump outs have been pretty pleasing. So... I think Parlophone, if she can sort of f- f- run close to her best, she can be running on hard and, and give this a shake at least. Two, eight, one, and ten. All right. Well, I note that you are with all three-year-olds there. There's only two two-year-olds in this in the 13-horse field, uh, both Phillies, Blerio, and the strangely named Philly Bolsonaro. Um, so Parlophone, uh, well, it, recent history suggests that uh, you're pretty much on the ball because Parlophone, Last year became only the second two-year-old in uh, 13 years, I think, to win this race. Uh, the first was, uh, well, the other one was Bandapur uh, back in 2017, who would have been uh, one of James Cummings' first stakes winners for Godolphin. So interesting to uh, see if he turns up again with Valaquenta. I think probably will. Um, but back in the day, this was uh, it was dominated by two-year-olds, and in fact. Uh, very few three-year-olds won it, and two of the three ones to win at early doors uh, had won it as two-year-olds the year before. So I suppose that is a uh, is a good omen for Valo- uh, for uh, Parlophone. Valaquenta, though, your value bet on that program. Talk us through your best, uh, which is race six, number eight, Flying Piero. Yeah, he's pretty consistent um, horse, this guy. He comes up against a pretty pretty weak race here. It's, got a, it's a race with a long tail, and... Um, I think he's going as well as anything this preparation. He, he was a winner at Gawler two back. Um, sort of just took some time to get going, but ran over the top of them. And then just missed Jaguary last start, who's got a very good winning strike rate. <clears throat> um, those two cleared it on the rest of the field there. I think fourth up now. Um, look, very, rock hard fit, no no doubt about that. And and, and gets him well at 54 kilos. So um, flying Piero, trying to... Finding some form now, I think if you can hold that form, will be uh, hard to beat in race six at Adelaide. 
All righty, Eagle Farm is the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. And you are kicking us off fairly early in the program with race two, number one, London Banker. Yeah, it looks a pretty nice race for him here, Barks. He's been um, around the money in all three starts since arriving from New Zealand. He's gradually improving each time he steps out and steps up and trip and looks to be um, – looks to want a, a staying trip now. Gets it here, 2212 metres. Uh, I think he'll be really hard to beat um, in a race with not many winning chances. Um, like Honey Baby and Un-American are chances, but like London make a top, uh, top weight here. Looks really hard to beat stepping up in trips, so he's my best of the day. Race two, number one. Uh, the value comes up um, in race four. I think Barista's sister peels at a big price. She's on the quick backup. She raced at Ipswich um, six days ago, last Friday, and sat three wide the trip there, but she stuck on well and, and kept coming to the line. She was third behind a pretty smart pair. Um, both of them had softer runs in transit. Drops down to 51 kilos after the claim and uh, should get a much easier time of it this time around from um, from Barrier 7. Looks to get cover, I reckon, about midfield. And we'll be presenting late in the straight with that with that light weight. So, Brister Sister in race four, number 12, the um, the best each way play at Eagle Farm. All righty. Racing once again at Belmont in the west on Saturday. Um, and there's no stakes races there, but... Uh, BJ Ryan's best, nice and early, a fairly civilised time, 2.18 Eastern Standard Time, and that is uh, race one, number three, Zaratite, uh, coming off uh, a number of, um, coming off three successive seconds, and in fact, finished the last prep with a second as well, was an absolute certainty beaten last week, but in the five-horse field, surely will not get rolled this time. At the $2, that's by race one, number three, for Team Williams, uh, and William Pike in the Cerise and White, and BJ's value bet is race seven, number seven, and that is Miss Vasari, who uh, coming off an impressive first up win, but uh, is having to step up in trip. Uh, probably not exactly each way price there, but uh, if they both both get the money, that will be pleading. They will certainly pay in Aussie dollars. And Sunday's main attraction is at Sandown, where it's uh, Crisp Steeplechase and Grand National Hurdle Day. Now, I see you're not in our tips panel this week, Daniel. I don't know how close a look you've had, but what are your feelings on the Grand National? Is it uh, a benefit for the up-and-comer Will John, or will the more experienced Saunter Boy and Norway be able to get the money? It's hard to say. It's It's got to be a ripping contest. Um, if the, will John, he's obviously a horse that had quite a bit of flat form, Jumps and he's taken it, um, taken it like a duck to water. He's he's really impressive in his three wins. But Norway, his two wins over the hurdles uh, of late have been extremely impressive. So hard to um, pick any one of those with confidence. But what I do think will be a ripping race. I think I Nate Bay, whilst not my tip in the race per se, I think he can uh, run a good race at a, at a big price. He was second to Will John on the flat not too long ago, and second to Saunter Boy last start over the jump. So I think watch for him for a bit of value. But if I had to uh, twist my arm for a tip, probably will be Norway. I think his two wins, um, whilst Will John has also been very impressive, I think Norway 
um, to me, his last two have been extremely easy on the eye. I'm going to have a bet will be on him, Norway, number two in the Grand National Bucks. And in the Crisp Steeple, uh, which starts the program, and there's only six in it, you wouldn't think it was uh, much of a betting uh, race, but uh, that's a fairly intriguing contest as well. You've got Social Elements, the favourite, for Waterhouse and Bot, and then you've got a very strong uh, three-pronged attack from Ma and Eustace, a blaze, bit of a lad, and Big Blue. That's right. Big Blue was um, did well <clears throat> winning um, winning a maiden chase first up. is. Um, but I, I think Social Elements last star win is one of those winners of that Packenham meeting where there was about three or four that were just so dominant, and he was one of those. He's like Norway and Will John, just um, seems to be getting better with racing over the jumps, and he'll be really hard to beat. But I can't can't knock the um, two of the the tried and true runners at the top in a blaze and flying. Uh, sorry, a blaze and a bit of a lad. Um, they're also going well. Uh, a blaze probably this preparation taking a couple of runs to w- warm up, but still has to be respected, you'd think. Um, but yeah, very both both races look to be extremely competitive um, competitive affairs, and um, there'll be a few of the, few few horses in each of those fields, which um, will certainly stake a winning claim. So looking forward to the action on Sunday. Alrighty, well. Joel will be back in a couple of weeks uh, to revive our weekly New Zealand previews. But for the time being, that's the end of the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. And there's some good news uh, this week, Daniel. You've uh, got us back on the scoreboard with Yi. Very uh, impressive effort last week. Needless to say, I had uh, my each way selection absolute flirt. Uh, was paying about three bucks fifty a place, I think, but uh, ran on into fourth position. Naturally enough, well, uh, I need a bit of a confidence boost, so I'm going for one that, uh, in a fairly thin field, should be able to win over the Cox Plate course, and that is. Dr. Drill, who is at the Valley, and that is race four, number two. Which way are you going to go? Go ahead back to Brisbane. Um, Barks, London Banker in race two. Uh, looks really hard to beat. And, um, yes, yeah, he'll, he'll be getting my, my money this weekend. So my 20, race two, number one, Eagle Farm, London Banker. All right. That leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online now uh, as we speak to you. Uh, just go to winningpost.com.au and click on the link in the main story. But that does not uh, get you the printed calendar uh, you for which you will need to go to the shops first thing Friday morning uh, around Australia, Bar Perth. Um it is always popular. It always sells out. So make sure you get down there bright and early to grab your calendar. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with the first stakes races of the new season. In the meantime, have a great weekend, punters. Black, back plenty of winners. And we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.